Hello, welcome to the Full Time Whistle podcast. The season has come to a pause. The World Cup is about to start. Um, Reese, you join me today. How have you found the season so far? <laughs> very up and down, you melt. Um, <laughs> now, very up and down, man. I feel like I feel like obviously towards the towards the end of the first half of the season, we started to pull our weight a bit and started to show our worth. So I think, yeah, we'll come good come January, Liverpool. Yeah. Well, we're just going to have like a bit of a a title title race overview. Just go through like the table and kind of see if we kind of feel like teams should kind of be in the positions they're, they're in in the table right now. Um, I think there's only one place to start because it is the top of the table and that is Arsenal. Um Another convincing performance against Wolves. I think they played well. Um, we've kind of said in previous pods that we kind of feel like Odegaard's been kind of a bit of the weak, weaker link. Uh, he got himself two goals on, on Saturday. He yeah, should shut us up. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, would you say would you say that Arsenal deserve to be top at this point? Like they've gone into this break five points clear now as well. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Arsenal deserve to be top, I think. I think they've played everyone apart from City. Yeah. And City have only played two of the top six and Arsenal five points clear. So I think that says it all, really. Arsenal deserve to be where they are. Um, only haters would say that Arsenal have been lucky this season. They've, I think, what, they've got 11 wins on the board out of 13? 12. 12 out of 14. So yeah, 12, 12 wins, one draw and one loss. Yeah. So that's that's convincing. That's that's championship winning form, man. Like, do you know what I mean, you can't really can't really knock him at if I'm honest. The only thing I would say about Arsenal, if I'm honest, is that Jesus needs to start scoring more goals. I don't think he's scored in the last 10. Mm-hmm. People are saying that he's been pivotal to their attack, like he's playing good football and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, a striker's um job is to score goals. And I think fine margins normally win the league, especially when you're coming up against City. I still think that's where they might fall short going on into the later stages of the season. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of... It's kind of like the contrast of like grinding out results, really. Like, you kind of seen with Arsenal that they've managed to get results. Like, you kind of said that against when, like when they played Liverpool and... It's kind of that seems to be the difference with Man City, like especially like going from like the Man City game on on Saturday, them losing two one to to Brentford at home as well. Obviously, Ivan Tony seemed like he had a bit of a point to prove um, with, with yeah. the goals. But is it is that just the difference between kind of how Arsenal and Man City are setting up? Um, I'll just say that at the moment, like City always start the first half of the season a bit dodgy. They've they've always done it. Like they've lost to. Palace and Leicester the first half of the season, both at home. They lost 5-2 to Leicester one season. And then I think it was either like 2-1 or 3-1 against Palace at home one season. And then went on to win the league because they won like 15, 20 games second half of the season in a row. Like they, they're just inevitable, Man City, in my opinion. Like Arsenal should enjoy being top now because I do think City will still win the league. Um, they just have that know-how. And I'm I'm just saying that as a Liverpool fan that was up against them for so long, City are that good. But Arsenal, I think Arsenal are, they're in a fight, man. They, they're going to push them all the way. 
Yeah, do you think it's kind of hard to say that you kind of feel like Arsenal need to strengthen in, in January because like the way their team is playing, you kind of feel like what players would come in to make a difference into that side now? Sorry, mate? So like, can you say that they need to strengthen in, in January for them to go on and kind of keep going with their title charge? Or do you think that's kind of unfair on like, the team that's playing? Because they seem like to have that team spirit. They seem to be playing... Arteta seems to get in all out of this kind of starting eleven. I can't really see them signing anyone that's going to break into their first eleven, but I do think if they get a few injuries, I think that could affect them. So like if they got an injury to Jesus and then they had to play Enketia up top yeah. for like the, for like ten games, that would affect them. Um, if they got an injury to Thomas Partey and they had to play El Nenny mm. or Lukonga, that would affect them. So I I think they just need to buy players that are good backups, like good bench players, players that they can bring off the bench. So like you see like when um, Vieira come on the other day for Xhaka, yeah. um, got an assist. He's obviously a good backup player now because he's actually doing stuff like scored a goal at Brentford. He's good in the Europa League when he's played in the Europa League. Um, I think it's just about depth for them, getting the good players in for the bench now. So if, I think if they go into January buying players for the bench, I think, yeah, they've got a squad to cause some really big problems to Man City. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Arsenal top 37, Man City 32, but then Newcastle on 30, like they're only kind of seven points off the top. And again, we keep talking about Newcastle on the pod and kind of how well how well they're doing. But so, like, even like players you don't expect to be getting on the score sheet now, like the form of Wilson and the form of Almiron, like Joe Willock's got another goal against against Chelsea. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah no, nah, nah, Newcastle, listen, Newcastle playing some good football. They're playing some good stuff. It's not like they're just getting, they're scraping results. Like, they're actually playing decent football as well. Like, they're getting you off the off your seat, like, type of football. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're... They're good. Almiron's looking lively. Like I think that Jack Grealish comments actually rattled him because mm. he's playing some mad football at the moment. Wilson's always been a bagsman. I think we've always knew what he was capable of. But that's when um, like, he even got rested at the weekend and say Newcastle still put in a really good performance. Like Chris Wood got his first start of the season. Who did Newcastle play on the weekend again? Chelsea. Chelsea, oh sorry, my bad. Yeah, so I, I, I watched that, and obviously, yeah, they battered Chelsea. Yeah, um, they're absolutely. But I think Chelsea are in trouble. I think I said that a couple of pods ago as well. I think Chelsea are in big trouble, man. And I think the last two results against Arsenal, and Newcastle, have shown that. But I'm sure we'll get into that a bit more. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like below then Newcastle, now you've got Spurs and United, who you just don't see either of them. Like I think they're in false positions. I think Spurs are in a false position now. Listen, that's the Conte way. The way he sets up his team mm. is to be on this negative approach, sit back and then hit them on the counter and all this sort of stuff. But I think every fan wants to see their team on the front foot. And the thing is, the worst thing is, is that when Tottenham actually get on the front foot, they look good, but yeah. they don't do that enough. And they haven't actually got the defensive players to actually sit back like that. Like... Yeah. And soak up attacks. So yeah, I, I, I'm at, as a Spurs yeah. fan, like you, you, you'd be happy that you've you've won on Saturday, but you can't be you can't really be happy in the manner that you've won. Like I know it's on paper, it's an exciting game, four three, 
But you just can see the three at home to lose. Yeah, exactly. You're gone. See, I would rather, even though they won that 4-3, I would rather have lost 1-0 to Leeds at home than conceded three to Leeds at home and and won. Do you know what I mean? I know we lost 1-0, but you've actually, realistically, you should have lost that game because you've conceded three goals. It's only because Leeds is shit at the back that, um, that you've won that game. Yeah, and like it's taken... Yeah, it's taken two late goals for you to for you to get that, and then yeah. But the thing is with Spurs, like when they played Forest in the in the League Cup, like I said to you, like not even in a biased way, they just didn't look up for that game, and then like excuse. Hey, they played their full. Kane's tired, and they played. They played their full squad. Yeah, yeah, they played their full squad. The only players they took out was Lloris, and if I'm right in thinking, Emerson, and they played Matt Dorothy. Yeah, that's the only players they took out from the Liverpool game. Um, and then played Jesus in the week. So there's no excuse for Spurs that day. They can use the excuse that players were tired, la, 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 la. No, you played your full squad to win that game, to try and win a cup, and you failed and you've done the typical Tottenham thing of maybe not winning a trophy again. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like They've, they've scraped through... Oh, it's hard to say they scraped through in the Champions League, but in the way... Mate, they, they scraped that, through... They, they, they scraped through. Gone through they to sc- like the top of the group, but yeah. No, nah, they, they scraped through that, mate. They, they scraped either. Yeah, they? yeah. No, no, no. They scraped through that group, mate. They got battered by Sport and Lisbon both games. Um, I think the first game they beat Frankfurt, it was only, what, I think it was 2-1. And Frankfurt actually could have still maybe have got something from that. Um, Marseille was actually the better team the whole game. That the yeah, last um, group stage game, the game for them to to get through. Yeah, yeah, like Marseille had chances to to wrap that game up and just didn't take them. And oh yeah, okay, Spurs did, but Spurs were lucky that day because they were crap that day as well. I think their fans know it, but obviously when it's your club, you try and be in denial sometimes to the fact that your club's doing a bit bad. But like as a neutral, I can actually say that Spurs are the worst side in the top six. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like you go, then you go like down to United in fifth, and like obviously the main news that's dominating the whole footballing world just before World Cup is Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, selfish, do you think? Well, the way he's going on. Yeah, I think I think they've got to kind of remember like he scored what like eighteen league goals last season. Ronaldo mm. did. Um. He scored goals that got them through in the Champions League last year as well, like through the group stage. So do you agree um, that United are being disrespectful towards him? Why bring him back? Mm. Why bring him back? Why not just leave him where he is or let him go on to somewhere else? You've probably promised him the world, saying, yeah, come back to Man United. You'll be our main man. Within a year or two, we'll win the Premier League. We'll, we'll be challenging for the Champions League. They're near none of it. They're near none of it. And he was supposed to be like, you're supposed to build around him. You've got rid of a manager in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer last year, early on, and then brought in Ralph Ragnick. He was right with what he said about Ralph Ragnick because if Ronaldo didn't know who he was, nobody knew who, who Ralph Ragnick was. And a lot of United fans were trying to do that at first. Like, oh, he's the person that taught Jurgen Klopp, blah, yeah. blah, in Germany, Germany. Like, shut up, you mugs. You just read that online. You've heard mm. him say that, or Klopp say that, oh, he was a great coach out in Germany, la, la. and you're just living off of that. Like, you're writing your own narratives. Ronaldo didn't yeah. know who he was. He 
he was being honest. Nobody knew who he was. Um, you failed miserably with Ralph Ragnick. Then you've brought in Ten Hag. Ten Hag was a good manager at Ajax, no denying. Done amazing things, built some, built up some young, young, amazing players. Um, but how was Ronaldo supposed to go on? Could you know it... though, like obviously Ronaldo didn't come back for preseason training. Obviously, he's had his he's got his reasons what he's been saying in the interview and stuff. Listen, listen, but but listen, listen. Ten Hag might it's not, it's not he's only who he's only human, bro. It was only a couple of months ago that his kid died. One of his twins died. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? So he's only human. So the bloke still turned up to football games after that, but his headspace wasn't always gonna be like there. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he's only human. At the end of the yeah. day, that must have been a terrible time for him. And he's trying to say that he got no empathy from the club or United fans. He went to he wasn't at the Anfield game when Liverpool beat them last season, and Liverpool did a minute um applaud for, for his kid. Yeah, United United didn't do anything like that for him. Mm. So he's gonna feel disrespected. Then you got legends like Gary Neville chatting shit at first, defending him and backing him. And then all of a sudden you're turning on him. The only legend that I haven't heard, well, two legends that I haven't heard turn on him is um, Rio Ferdinand and Roy Keane. They're always like, Ronaldo should be playing in the big games. Needs yeah. to be there. He's, a, he's, he's proven. But you're not playing him. It's, it's, yeah. ridic- it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Do you not think it ah. just... I just kind of do feel like... I think you're right in saying what you're saying about kind of like the, the personal issues and stuff like that. I think that should be respected and have... More empathy towards that, but do you not just think that sometimes at the end of the day, like he's, he might be Cristiano Ronaldo, but at the end of the day, he's getting to the latest stage in his career. The manager's got different thoughts, but he still bags, but he still he still scores goals. And what is a striker's job to score goals? Like I mean, like we can say, like. Oh yeah, but the way of the game today is that you press from the front, la 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 la. But everyone's just trying to copy the Liverpool Man City way by doing this pressing from the front thing. That hasn't always been the Premier League way. Some teams used to just sit back like what Tottenham are doing now and then hit you on the counter-attack. Jose Mourinho used to be like number one for that. Mm. So that everybody plays different styles of football. United just need to find their own way. But he still scored them goals last year. Yeah. Do you think this is kind of the end of Cristiano's time at United now? Oh, 100%. 100%. Now he's done that. He's just basically like, basically, it was like him saying, yeah, fuck off. I'm done. You're done. I'm done. Like, yeah, man. He's done now. Yeah. So it will be interesting to kind of see what kind of happens after this. I know he's kind of going to take the World Cup to kind of talk about it and go from there. But yeah, no, it's very interesting. And the timing was a little bit weird, but. I mean, when's when is the best time to release an interview like that? Yeah, exactly. That's true. Um, so going down into sixth um, is where Liverpool find themselves. Um, so they got themselves a win at the weekend. Obviously, a bit more progress has been made in recent weeks. Kind of, kind of getting a bit more stability with kind of your performances. Are you happy going into the break and kind of the form like you kind of regathered now, or do you still feel a bit like? We should have been playing previously. Considering how we fucking started off to only be what was seven points off of Spurs with a game in hand. So if we win that game in hand, we're four points off a of fourth. And if we were eight points off a of Newcastle, I think. And if we win our game in hand, we're five points off of them. 
we're still in the top four battle. If you asked me that a couple of weeks ago, I might have been chatting shit and said, yeah, we can still do it. But in the back of my head, I thought no. But yeah. now I'm, I actually do think like, yeah, we can do it, especially with this whole new owner talk and we might be getting new owners. Like, we don't know how that's going to go. We might be getting the eighth richest man in the world from what I'm hearing. Um, we could be looking at a different Liverpool in a couple of months' time if we get new owners. And it's exciting times as a Liverpool fan thinking that we might get new owners as well. So, yeah, I'm quite happy with how we um how we finished off. Yeah, so kind of if you're if you're Jurgen Klopp in the situation now where you've got you've got six weeks break and well I know it's probably a bit less than six weeks, but and then you've got time to kind of prepare. I know you've got a lot of players out on international duty, so it's easier said than done. But kind of how would you now go back into the next stage of the Premier League being in the position you're in? Would you try and sign more players in January? Would you kind of work with the squad you've got? Um we definitely need to sign midfielders. There's no doubt in my head that we need some legs in the midfield. So I think that's something that they're going to look to address. Now, I don't know who they're going to get. I'm seeing different links. Obviously, the main link is Bellingham. That's been the main one for ages. But will Dortmund let him go now, considering they're in the knockout stages of the Champions League? Mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing a lot of links for Declan Rice at the moment as well. Are West Ham going to let him go when West Ham are where they are in the table? They're just above the relegation zone, if not in it. I'm not too sure if they're in it. Um, so just above, yeah. So are they going to let him go mid-season for the right price they might? And he might be tempted by that move if, if obviously we're showing ambition in the market with getting other players. Um, that Casado from Brighton, that's someone that I would look at as well. And yeah, I think I think we're all right, really, because we've got Jota and Diaz to come back after the break. They're obviously not going to the World Cup, so they'll be fit by the time that the season starts back up. Thiago's not going to the World Cup, so he's going to be rested. Salah's not going. Mm. Um, who else is not going? There's a few players not going. Um, that's what off the top of my head, Robertson, he's not going. So there's a few players that are going to be rested over the next few weeks. And a few players might not even play that are going to the World Cup, like Trent. He might not play. We've been having that debate. We don't know what Southgate's going to do with him. I knew yeah. he would be in the squad. Deserved, in my opinion. Um, and then you've got Canate. He's gone with France. Will he play? France have got some decent centre-backs, so we don't know how they're going to line up. Virgil's probably the only one that I look at and think, yeah, yeah you're definitely going to play in the World Cup. And Allison, but then Allison has got Edison's competition. But I think Allison's the number one for Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's definitely more, more progressive going into this break than obviously things were a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So yeah, carry on working down the table. Then we've got um Brighton in in seventh and joint on points with with Chelsea. Chelsea's been a weird one since obviously Graham Potter's coming. I think there's a lot of expectation on Potter, but I don't kind of understand what the expectation was because like, I don't think that he was going to be a manager who was going to turn things around straight away or get the team playing in a positive manner straight away either. Do you feel like it's probably it is too early to obviously say this because obviously they are still six points off the off the top four, but do you write yourself off a little bit this season, Chelsea, on the on the top four and kind of 
make it more of a project season or you kind of go, right, we've got a game coming back from a break. Let's just go all guns blazing, sign a couple of players. We've got money. It's hard because I've always thought whenever Chelsea play Liverpool, Chelsea always give us a tough game. That's the one game where I can actually generally say that I can actually say I'm worried because I always, I always, always, always see Chelsea give a good performance against Liverpool. I've never seen us batter them. It's rare if that has happened. Um, I've still got faith in Chelsea just based on that. But a lot of people, and I'm probably in agreement actually as well, they have actually been lucky the last few seasons to even be in the top four. Um, they've just about scraped it sometimes as well. I think even like last season, they scraped it. Um, season before that, they might have scraped it as well. So... I think I think I don't know. Just I don't think Potter's the man for the job. I never actually rated them anyway, and I always did say like Brighton were just in a moment. They yeah. made Potter look good. Potter never really did anything with Brighton when he was the manager anyway. Like they finished certain positions in the table where I thought so it's an all right place to finish, but it's nothing like wow. <laughs> like do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think. I think Chelsea are in trouble as long as they've got Graham Potter, if I'm honest. I don't think he's cut out for the job. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't fail to be impressed by his rise, but you kind of do feel like maybe this was one step maybe a bit too big for him. He should have uh, took the villa job. He's from the area. That's yeah. a that's a, that's the sort of job he should have took. But I said that. I, I said that he's from the area, he should have taken that job. But he decided you're not gonna say no to Chelsea Football Club. Kind no. of going from Brighton, you're not, but you need to think about are you cut out for it? Have you got the experience for it? Even said that before he went to his first Champions League game with Chelsea, he never even went to watch a game of Champions League football before that. Mm. So, that, how are you going to step into the big the big leagues and you've never even been to a game as a as a coach as well? That's poor, yeah. I mean, say so that say things might surprise us, and like say he's got like this learning opportunity now and he goes. He comes back from the break. He studied a bit more and he goes back into it, and things things maybe are a bit different. But and say Brighton, obviously in seventh as well, and they've they kind of were a bit off the boil when their new manager came in. He couldn't seem to get a win, but then the last the last couple of games they've seemed to have been seem to be playing a bit, a bit better. Kind of, and I know they lost to to Villa at the weekend, but you kind of feel like Potter got them in that position before. It's kind of and now since. Par hasn't been there. They haven't been getting the results, but they're still in a position where even after only a couple of wins, the new manager's still in seventh. Yeah, that they I've obviously Potter's put them in a good position. I mean, they beat Chelsea four one a couple of weeks ago, and obviously <laughs> Potter was the manager, and he's gonna lost to his old team four one. Um, they beat Wolves three two. Um, they lost to Villa on the weekend, just gone two one. Um. They obviously drew 0-0 against Yuzot, lost to 2-0 against... They haven't been great, <laughs> just to be honest. Since Potter's left, they haven't been great. Um, the, the only game that they looked fucking decent in, and I hate to say it, is against us. Mm. Um, that 3-3 game when they were 2-0 up, then we went 2-2, and then we went 3-2 up, and then they nicked one at the end. I think that's the only game they've looked decent in, if I'm honest, since Potter's left. So... Mm. I, I, as I said, I don't think Brighton finishing top half. I yeah, would you, if you were a Brighton fan, would you be a bit worried coming back in 
back in the new year? Well, I would because some of their players are playing quite decent and people are going to be in for them. Like Trossard's not going to be there much longer if he keeps on playing like that. Like McAllister's not going to be there for much longer if he keeps on playing like that. Um, Stado's obviously on, on a lot of people's radar. So, yeah, I would be worried as a Brighton fan, if I'm honest. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you say, obviously, like Liverpool are on 22 points and, and then kind of below that, like it does get very tight. Like... 70, uh, the team in 13, Leicester on 17 points. That's still only five points. Like, even after losses at the weekend, um, like Palace, uh, yeah, but everyone in eight, seven, everyone in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth have all got a game in hand on them people below them. So, yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll help that doesn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm kind of there's two of these like West London teams down in, in well in the middle in ninth and tenth. One of them you probably wouldn't be so surprised by, but like, you, you didn't really have money on Fulham to be in the top half come this break at the start of the season. No, you didn't. I I think a lot of people would have had them to go back down and was actually saying before the season even started, can, why would you let Fulham come back in the lead? They're just going to go straight back down. That was everyone's attitude towards them. Yeah. I feel like they've been actually quite decent this season. They've caused a lot of big teams issues. They caused us issues the first game of the season. They caused United issues, but United nicked it in the last yeah. minute of the game. Um, they caused Arsenal issues, but obviously Arsenal got the win out of that. Um, I'm trying to think who else they've played off the top of my head, but they've they've looked decent for them. And no one would have expected them to be where they are on the table. So yeah, credit to them, man. Yeah, they just seem to have that resilience about them this time round. Like they've kind of taken learning curves from the past and say, Mark. They made some good saves, um, good signings though. I think I think they made some really really good signings. If I'm honest. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like people were a bit surprised at some of the signings they're making. Like bringing William back, um, obviously Leno coming in, but then it's like their other signs. Like Pierre seems to be like. Really oh yeah, good, quality. A really quality. good signing for them. Like on the dead balls, he's great. He's splitting up the play. Like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. A, not a like a motivated Mitrovic who's getting who's getting goals this season. Don't know how that is that Harrison Reed always been there because he's actually looked decent this yeah, season. Yeah, he's been there well. for, a, for a good few seasons. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking good this season, man. Yeah, someone's impressed me a lot. I must say. And like, would you have expected Brentford to be like? Just like bang in the middle right now? If I'm honest, yeah. With Brentford. Uh, I think Brentford have got some decent players. They've got a decent manager. Um, that's the that's the one thing I'll say about Brentford. When you've got a striker in Ivan Tony, that's going to guarantee you about... Well, I say he's probably going to finish with about 15 league goals this year. 15 to 20 league goals. As long as you've got a player like that, you're going to finish quite decent in the table, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well... That's our top half review done. Um, we're only, we're going to try and keep it brief today. Um, we don't need any uh, six minute monologues from Reese this week. Um, <laughs> so uh, after the break, we'll start from the bottom and work our way back up to the middle of the table. So yeah, we'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Full Time Whistle podcast after a nice little half-time break again this week. 
Um, starting back now at the bottom of the table, I'm going to work our way back up. And in 20th place is probably a team, but I, I wouldn't have kind of put money on them being kind of anywhere near the bottom this season, I don't think. Um, and that's Wolves. Um, were they in any of your kind of like your discussions of being like in the bottom five at the start of the season? Again, I think they made some great signings in the summer. Like, I'm quite surprised that they are that Guedes, Matias Nunes. I'm pleasantly surprised that they are where they are mm. in the league. Um, obviously, what don't help them is that they've been chopping and changing manager quite a bit over the last what two, three seasons. Nuno. I can't remember who their last gaffer was. And then I don't even know if they've got a new they've got a new gaffer now, but he hasn't started yet. Yeah. Um that doesn't help when you haven't got that consistency with a with a manager. Um yeah. they've had a few injuries as well, which hasn't helped them. Um so yeah, I feel obviously Connor Cody's left as well. That that's that okay, was like I, think like, I do point. think him leaving's probably a bigger isn't talked about enough because like you kind of you kind of feel like the like the leader he was for them and like he was there for so long a player who kind of led that defense midfield i i kind of don't get why he did leave mm. Wolverhampton to for everton it's not like an well you could say okay historically everton are a much bigger club than wolverhampton but it's going not a off of step that, up in the current game, is it? Yeah, in the current game, it's not a step up. So I don't see what he thought he was getting from that. Okay, well, you're playing under Frank Lampard, maybe that was a the appeal to him. But Frank Lampard isn't exactly the greatest manager. I think he proved that with Chelsea when he had a good squad and mm. fell there. Um, he hasn't started off too great. He hasn't started off too bad either with Everton. But even them, they're like not in a good position in the league at the moment. So. Yeah, I think Connor Cody might be kicking himself come the end of the season if um if them two are knocking about the bottom and obviously yeah Everton go down. Yeah, I mean I can't really say too much about Wolves' new manager because I don't really know too much about him yet. So like I kind of don't really know you know what he'll bring. But that as you say, is it just like do they need just someone to come in and kind of get those players working and gelling again and. Because that's the thing, like they've got a good team on on paper. It's just on the pitch, it just doesn't seem to click this season. Well, this is it. Well, whenever obviously Cody leaving has obviously affected them because they haven't always been the side that concede a lot of goals. They don't leak a lot of goals all round, and they're always quite defensively quite sound. Their midfield is always quite compact. It's like they've got good ball players in midfield. They can hit you on the break because they've got the pace on the on the break with a Darmark, Guedes, whoever they play up top. They've always had that. So I just think they, the they, the manager needs to find that form back mm. and his best lineup and his best start inside. And I think they'll be all right. Wolverhampton. Yeah. So going on to Southampton, I think that's probably the opposite. I think that when we were doing a before you kind of joined us on the pod, we kind of did like some prediction episodes before the season started and we kind of all I think a lot of us agreed that Southampton would be down there um, and it kind of proved us probably quite right and obviously getting rid of um, Hassan Hootal last week is now Nathan Jones's first game coming into a big break which is 
kind of again a bit weird time. You would have thought that they might have kept Hasnut one more week at least, and then start a whole yeah. fresh new manager. But obviously, you probably would have watched watched the game at the weekend a bit in a bit more detail. Did you see any changes in that Southampton team? Um, to be honest, I still think Southampton are going to regret sacking their their old manager. If I'm honest, because I did think it's like they've they haven't played any sides where you think automatically they should be getting the three points. Maybe three up, three games out of the fourteen or fifteen they've played, maybe they should have won. But mm. everybody else is that size where you can't really call it, or they're definitely gonna not get points from it. So, um, yeah, I mean they got battered three one on the weekend by us. It could have been a lot more, but at the same time they had chances, and lucky, luckily we have the best goalkeeper in the world in Allison that possibly stopped them from getting a draw as well mm. because they did have some big chances in the second half if I'm honest yeah so yeah no, it will be interesting to kind of see kind of what Nathan Jones brings to brings to Southampton like from Forrest being in the championship for so long and coming against him quite a few times it's not it's a very rugged style of play that he brings so if he can get if he can get that defence working and kind of being compact then it will be interesting to kind of see what they what they go on to do and kind of see if they make any signings because they did it's not like they didn't make signings in the summer either. So mm. interesting to kind of see in what direction they go now. Um, so going to eighteenth and uh the mighty Nottingham Forest who uh who didn't end up on the bottom of the table coming into this break, which I think if you would have told me out of Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, Brentford, and and then the the Crystal Palace game that we would have got seven points, and I I would have snapped your hand off. I didn't think we would have got the points against the teams we did. Um, I didn't like. I didn't think we would have beat Liverpool, but it just seems like at Forest it's kind of turned a corner a little bit, and finally, Cooper seems to have found a starting lineup which he he likes and. The players seem to be gelling together on the pitch. I don't know how much you saw of our game against Palace, but did you see something a little bit different there? Listen, let's not ignore the fact that you got battered by Arsenal the week before. Okay, you won in the week. But I did say to you after you beat us that you was going to get battered by Arsenal. Mm. And you did. And it could have been a lot worse. I still think you're in a, you're, you're one of the sides that the bigger sides will look at and think we're going to get three points today. Mm. and I think that's going to be your issue come the end of the season. It is very tight down there, but there's certain sides that are in and around it that have that know-how, so that you're talking like your West Ham, um, your Everton's, your your Wolverhamptons, even your Southamptons that will end up dragging the likes of you, Bournemouth, and at the moment possibly even Leeds into that. And I think that the sides that I just named are the ones that I think are going to go down at the end of the season in Nottingham, Bournemouth and Leeds. Yeah, I just think from a from a Forest fan's point of view, I just I do feel like. But it's, it's like what we said about Tottenham, and this is sexy football. Yeah, are you happy? I mean, are you happy? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say it's sexy football, but it's actually just nice to kind of get a bit of spirit back. Of course, into, going into because that's what it's that's what it's like probably when you're a lower lower league side like lower the, lower the table side 
Like you're probably looking at it thinking, oh yeah, if we can get a result here today, like we've done well, we're we're playing with the big boys first, first year back in the Prem and all that sort of stuff. But really there should just be telling signs. As a, as a neutral, I'm just saying this as a neutral now and with my football head on, that there is ways of you use not getting battered and Arsenal have proven that, City have proven that. Um, mm. I'm sure there's others that have, have done it this year, but um, well, that's the yeah, thing. We the Arsenal and Man City were the two big games that we've like we've lost badly. But we kind of go back in from back in from the break, and we've got Man Man United, then Chelsea. So it's a big a big couple of games for for the fans. Well, you well, never know how that's going to go so. as well because you don't know how many of them players are going to come back actually fit from the mm. World Cup out of the United squad and out of the Chelsea squad, whoever they've got going to the World Cup. So it actually might be the best time for you to play them, if I'm honest, because the majority of your squad probably aren't even going to the World Cup. Maybe a few. I think, yes, five going. Five going. So, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably the best time for you to use up to play Man United and Chelsea. Yeah, no, again, it, it will be interesting to see, like, Definitely the best time to play Chelsea at the moment. Anyway, fuck it now. Yeah, it's just been nice having a bit of positivity around the place again after... It wasn't really expected that Forest would go up this season. Like, people kind of work miracles to get us even in the playoffs. Well, you did play well the second half of the season. Yeah, no, we did. No, we did. But it's kind of like at the start of the season when I never predicted it. And so it's just nice going in after after a couple of wins. I know one of them was in the cup, but... It is nice to kind of end it with uh, yeah. just can't get enough ringing around the city ground. And um, and obviously, yeah, Aaron from the pod came with me as well, which is uh, yeah. the first time me and Aaron in the flesh. Bet he was chatting all this shit the whole game. <laughs> he was all right, to be fair. He's, he's much more passionate towards the referee than a lot of people in the stadium. Huh. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's given some bollocks to the ref, but... That's funny, man. But no, it's, it's nice actually to meeting Aaron and... Uh, Going for a few pints. Um, Top lads. <laughs> definitely. Um, so, yeah, moving outside of the relegation zone now, we've got... It's very tight between Leeds, West Ham and Everton. Um, I think out of the three, West Ham are the ones that you're probably most surprised are kind of the way they ended last season. Um, I think it's just the story of that. Great again this season. But this is it. This is what I think it is. I think... It's just like the story of Liverpool, where they played so many games last year and the same as us. It's actually taking it out of them now. Mm. So, like, it's catching up with them, with their players, like, they're leggy. They're looking a bit tired in their performances and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so, I actually think it's caught up with them, like, it's caught up with us. And obviously, with them, they haven't got as much depth with us. So, it's going to catch up with them even more. I think Moyes is in trouble, if I'm honest. A few people have said to me that they actually think Moyes could get the sack. Um, I think he's also because like a lot of key players have been out of form as well. Well, Jared Bowen looks like a one-season wonder at the moment because mm. he was great last year and now he's a load of shit. Antonio um, hasn't... I know he got Antonio a had a great... But... Yeah, but he had a great start to the season last year and then he had a shit second half, didn't score a lot of goals in the second half of the season. Yeah. I think actually... Them playing Skamaka. Now, I don't see the hype of Skamaka, if I'm honest. Like, yeah, he he looks the part and and he's got a little bit about him and 
and all this sort of, sort of stuff. But Antonio offers you that threat because he's so quick and he's strong, like in behind, like he'll, he's a willing runner. I think yeah. that might have changed West Ham's approach to games quite a lot, if I'm honest. So that even when Liverpool played them and I saw Antonio wasn't playing, I was buzzing. I was thinking, yeah, like we can mask him throughout this game. But Antonio, you're, you're always quite worried about what he can do. Yeah. So I think they've lost that fear factor since they've taken Antonio out of the start, if I'm honest. Yeah. And like from watching Everton this season, like I don't think there's been any fear factor there either. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The only exciting player they've had is Alex Iwobi. Yeah. The only player that I can actually say that can probably help, like hold his um hold his head high, sorry, and um yeah, and actually say yeah, I played quite decent football this season. I think and Onana, mm. and Idris Gay, but everyone else has been a bit that. Uh, Like you haven't you haven't heard much like any kind of rumors about Lampard even getting sacked recently. And like I just feel like they haven't won. Well, maybe they're looking to give him time. Maybe they're just looking to give Lampard time because to be honest, he should have been sacked. Um, I don't know how much time they gave him last year when he came into the club, but obviously they were fighting relegation right up until the end. And they and then obviously they survived. Um But he hasn't started off too great this year either. Yeah. So that is he the games and you've you've lost like three nil to you've lost three nil to Bournemouth. You've lost two 0 at home to Leicester. Like teams in similar positions to you. Like you must be a little bit worried there. Yeah, I would be, but I don't think Lampard has a starter. But I don't think he's a manager. I think it's another it's another Gerrard situation. He might have a bit more voice in the changing room. That's probably the only difference with him and Gerrard. Because a lot of people are saying Gerard don't know how to manage. I think Lampard's the same, but he just might have a bit more bottle in the change rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you go, you go to Leeds and I think like the inconsistencies there, like they just leave. Oh, yeah. they're they're annoying, isn't it? Like, because you yeah. think they're actually dangerous. Like when you play Leeds, like you're worried about them attacking you sometimes. Like they have got they they play some decent football, but then they yeah. can just leak goals. And that's what pisses me off about when we played them because they go and leak four goals to Tottenham on the weekend. But then when we played them, we just didn't put away our chances. So we could have probably scored about five, six against them. Yeah. But attacking, they, they got that Somerville's having a having a moment. Yeah, no, can't stop really well, yeah. Can't, can't stop scoring. Don't yeah, know how many but... goals he scored since that Liverpool game, but he keeps on scoring. Yeah, they are like a seesaw, aren't they? Like they're playing really well in attack, but then really poorly in in the defence. So, yeah, but that's always been the issue with Leeds, hasn't it? Since they've been back in the league, they can't defend for shit, but they can attack. Yeah, I think it's just it just must be kind of they're not focusing on bringing in the right players. Like you're still playing like the likes of Ailing and and Cooper, who you just aren't not good enough. And yeah, yeah, they're not good enough at all. So again, it'll be interesting to see because, like, it, they looked like the focus was in the summer that Jesse Marsh brought in attacking players, and it seems like in that sense he's done well. But then, when you you can't do that, and then not kind of put some working under the fence either. So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So yeah, let's see kind of how they get on in the January window as well. But then, then you got Bournemouth in fourteenth, who they they've dropped a couple of places recently, but then got that three 0 win against Everton. Um, in the cup, weekend. 
Then, then they win in the cup as well. They beat them 4-1 in the cup, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. Yeah, they beat them twice in a week. Yeah, like there's a lot of speculation going on with Bournemouth at the moment because they've been linked with Bielsa. Bielsa uh, could be coming in as their new manager, but then like, ever since Gary O'Neill's come in, like he's been the one who's been getting them points. Billing's been looking good this season. Solanke's been actually scoring a few goals this season. So, like the two players you would have said coming up from the champ last season, Mitrovic and Slanky, oh, they don't score goals in the Prem. They kind of they have been this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, man. It's good on them because obviously Solanke had a pr- point to prove. Obviously, being a ex Chelsea and Liverpool player, didn't really get any minutes at both. Um, and obviously went to Bournemouth, was doing well in the Championship. Come up this year with them. And I scoring goals. Mitrovic had a spell in the league before, didn't score goals like he did in the championship. Went to the championship last year. What did he score? Like 40 goals. Mm. And then this year now he's come to the Prem with a point to prove he's banging goals. So it's just good to see players like that come to the league and prove their worth. And it's actually made it more exciting in the in the sense that we've actually got a few number nines in the league that can score goals rather than your wide players, which it yeah. has been for the last couple of seasons prior to this one. Yeah, no, I I do think, like, I think this is kind of where my cut-off goes in a way. Like, I don't think, we said about Brighton in, in the top half, but I do kind of feel like Bournemouth, Leeds, as you said, kind of, I don't think, I think West Ham will probably scrape it and be, drag themselves out of it, but then Everton, Forest, Southampton, Wolves. I do feel like, yeah, I've got six or seven teams there who, who could struggle now? Like I don't, I can't see Bournemouth being this consistent after the break. I've got no, I've got no facts to that, but you know, just in my opinion, I just can't really, because again, they're they've got the worst defensive record. Well, um, who did I say I think is going to go down? I think Bournemouth, you lot, and Leeds. So yeah, I don't think Bournemouth will be consistent after the yeah. break. Yeah. And say so Leicester, they've kind of they've managed to draw some draw some results back lately. Um play back to back wins against that comes with the form of Madison, isn't it? Which was the one that everyone said should be in the England squad and obviously got his call up and thankfully yeah. he went injured on the weekend when he came off. Yeah, no, um, call off. So we'll we'll get into that on um, our next episode. But like they beat West Ham and Everton, who are two teams in the same position as them. Like a lot of people says Rogers will be okay, let's be okay. Did they do the right thing and with sticking with Rogers? A good manager. Like he he wouldn't have a problem getting a job anywhere else. I mean, he, he did. He worked miracles with a Liverpool squad. Obviously, when we finished second with them, the players obviously that he didn't bring in, but he kind of inherited with like Luis Suarez and stuff like that. Um, obviously. Yeah, man, I think kind of he's done well. He's done well with Leicester. Like, obviously, last year they just, was it last year they just missed out on top four? And then the season before that, probably just missed out on top four that like there. Yeah. They're, he's he's done well with Leicester. He hasn't done bad and they haven't always spent a lot of money either. I say they spent no money this season. They, they spent no money this season. So I think people have got to cut him a bit of slack with that. Um, and obviously, he's had a few players that are obviously turning their heads with moves. That obviously, you've had Madison linked with Spurs last summer. He was probably looking at the door. Yeah. Tillemans has obviously been messing about with his contract for quite a while. And then he signed one, didn't he? Um, 
So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And then kind of finishing off with the last two places, Palace and Villa. Like, Villa have obviously won the last two games now with Unai Emery coming in. Um, and obviously, they play kind of two different kind of attacking profiles in the last two games. So, obviously, I know Emery's kind of used these last two games to kind of try out different players. Like, England's got the start this week. Um, it was more Watkins the week before. Um, do you think... Oh, forgive me. He didn't sign a new contract. I thought I read that he did sign a new contract. Didn't. No. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's right. So, do you kind of... Do you feel like Emery's arrivals kind of... Uh, it's too early to revitalise Villa because it's only been two games, but do you kind of feel like that's kind of... You could see them out of trouble now and you can kind of see them kind of picking picking up from, from kind of where they left off kind of first Premier League season, Villa, kind of... I don't know. Yeah, I think, Villa, yeah no, I think, I think Emery, again, he's a man of experience, actually. You know I mean, he's he done well with Seville. He was with Villarreal last year. Done well with them, especially in Europe. Um, he he knows the league from when he was there with Arsenal, so he knows the mistakes that he made with them. He's probably working with better players now than he was when he was at, with when he was at Arsenal. That Arsenal didn't have a strong strong side then. Yeah. Um, they had a few star players, but nothing like what Villa kind of got at their disposal in terms of like maybe that throughout the squad. Yeah. Villa have got a bit of quality to work with. And I just think it's a bit of added extras in with, with them. Like if they can sign a few Emery type players that he's gonna want. So I think I said before, if they go and get someone like Dan Juma to play up top, no. um, maybe maybe go with Ings or Watkins through the middle and then maybe Dan Juma and Leon Bailey either side. They do really they, have a great career mode squad villa, don't they? They, yeah, they've got good players that been um how do you pronounce yeah. it? Burundia, yeah. like Coutinho, if he can hit a bit of form, like they've got John McGinn, who's like Mike when he's Cash on it, Dina. Matty Matty Cash, like Lucas Digner, yeah, like their keeper's good. Like I, I think Diego Carlos, when he comes back in, he, he's a good centre back. If they can get another one of his sort of standard to play, maybe if they went and got, got Power Torres to yeah. play next to him, that. They'd have a decent side, and they'd be knocking on the door of like top six, no, mm. no doubt within the next two years with that sort of squad. But yeah. it's just about getting them playing consistent and and getting them out of this mentality that we only turn up when we've got a new gaffer. Yeah, exactly. You know, they beat um, they beat Man United, and yeah. then they beat they, they just beat Brighton. So. Yes, we can, it, yeah. It shows it was a mentality thing, like playing for the new gaffer and like you know wanting the old one out and Gerard and stuff like that, which still annoys me because I hate when players do that. It's out of order. Just turn up and win for your fans. Forget yeah. the manager. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that will will be decent. Yeah, and then finishing off with Palace, and I kind of feel like they've probably been like the most inconsistent team this season. Like. They seem to get a bit. They kind of win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Like, I, yeah, they're annoying, man. Like They've being, always been that side, though, isn't it? Yeah, like being at the game on on Saturday and watching Palace live for the first time in a few years. Like, I know they had the the Zahar opportunity was the only opportunity they had the whole game, and obviously he missed his penalty. Like, it's I just don't 
didn't really see what their vision was. Well, on the weekend, you well, that's see what in they're... general. Like, they just seem to. I feel like their home, their home forms. Well, they 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 play, they play well and then they played good football attacking wise. So they got like good attacking players, as I've always said. I rate players like Eze and Ise, Saha, Jordan. Yeah. Now you can be an issue all these days, but defensively. They're awful. And I think Saha's kind of half said that mm. before, or they take their foot off the gas sometimes when they're like, they might be playing good and then all of a sudden they just stop playing good throughout yeah. the game and then they get caught out. Um, they're just very inconsistent. But I think that's out of Vieira. I, I, I can't imagine Vieira don't get onto them because mm. I, I can't imagine him being that sort of gaffer that's just silent in the change rooms and doesn't say much. Yeah. But maybe it's just a money thing for them. Maybe they need to bring in more more better players at the back. But maybe yeah. they ain't got the money to do that. Yeah, yeah, I know. State of their ground says that, because I've been there and it's an absolute dump. Yeah, I mean, they've got great fans and I think they probably deserve a bit more backing. But yeah, no, I, I agree that, yeah, they need to spend a bit more money there. 100%. Uh, well, there you go. That's the 20 teams covered Um, in a quick style fashion today. Um, we will be back over the World Cup period. Um, are you looking forward to four games a day at some in some some days, Reese? What in the terms of World Cup? Yeah, four days. Oh, mate, four games a day. I am looking forward to it because I love my football, man. I love watching it. Um, yeah, man, it's a good time. Good time. The World Cup is a bit different it being in November and December. But again, it's nothing like obviously it's the same as if the league was on still, but it's just international. So as long as there's football on and the, yeah. you know, it's not like the summer where we haven't got any football on because it's like pre-season and the season's finished. Yeah. So yeah, man, it'll be good to watch and hopefully England do well. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be back on England game day with um our reaction episode. We we should have done it last week, but kind of time's got away from us. Um so yeah, we will be back with that. Um and kind of just kind of Making a few predictions. Um, Scottish Aaron will be on to talk to talk to us as well and kind of give us his uh, unbiased um, output, uh, which is obviously going to be really biased to, um, against England. Great. Um, I'm sure he'll talk about Kiefer Moore. Oh, he was, he was buzzing that he got a goal for uh, he got a goal at the weekend. He's like, oh, it's just because I'm with you that he's oh he's got a goal. Oh, it's just typical. I was like, oh, shit, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was a good weekend. Um, so yeah, so there you go. We're halfway through the season technically now um, in terms of having a big break. Um, so yeah, we'll be returning next week with some World Cup specials. So cheers, Reese. Cheers, mate. Take and, care. Uh, and you, mate. We'll see you next time.